Two days later, said Van den Bochart, an Indian once again called us scoundrels, and he was very malicious, so that William Thomason became so angry that the tears ran from his eyes. To call someone a scoundrel, sklem, was a high insult to personal honor in seventeenth-century Dutch culture, as court records indicate it was literally a fighting word. Still worse, the Mohawk term that comes down to us in English as scoundrel evidently was serenskwatse, which linguist Gunther Michelson glosses as a really evil person. In light of both extremely negative connotations, it should not be surprising that, as in the case of Thomason, fear and anger sometimes entered the equation. Similarly, Van der Donk noted that the Indians appreciate hearing about God and our religion, and during our services and prayers they keep very quiet and seem to pay attention, but in reality they have no notion of these matters. When one berates them, individually or generally, for some wicked act or speech on the ground that it incurs the wrath of God in heaven, they reply, we do not know that God or where he is and have never seen him. If you know and fear him, as you say you do, how come there are so many whores, thieves, drunkards, and other evil doers among you? Surely that God of yours will punish you severely, since he warned you of it. He never warned us, and left us in ignorance. Therefore, we do not deserve such punishment. These descriptions of Indian images of the Dutch as false Christians amounted to a variation on the theme of the Dutch as scoundrels. Other themes stressed by van der Donk, Mechapolensis, and Dankarts similarly reinforced an impression that Indians thought the metal-makers were really bad people, even if they were also friends and brothers. The Dutch were, for example, unbearably rude in a variety of ways. According to Dankarts, the Indians are not backbiters, and it is a slander to accuse them of it, for when they are sometimes asked, when they come out of the woods, how fares this or that one of your neighbors, they say, I just saw him in the woods, and he is still in good health. If they are questioned further, but weren't you in his house, and don't you know what its condition is, they would probably respond, Phew, what kind of talk is that? Isn't the man free in his own house? Isn't he capable of taking care of his own things? Are we supposed to concern ourselves with it? Everyone has enough to do with his own things. No, that would be very bad, so we don't do it, etc. In the similar vein, Dankart said that the Indians hate the precipitancy of comprehension and judgment, the excited chattering, often without knowing what is being said, the haste and rashness to do something whereby a mess is often made of one's good intentions among the Dutch. Van der Donk, meanwhile, had his Indians view the Dutch not only as gossipy chatterboxes, but sexual hypocrites. When all is well and they are unattached, 
Indians make light of their virtue, both men and women being extremely liberal and uninhibited in their relations. But foul and improper language, which many of our people think amusing, they despise. Kissing, romping, pushing, and similar playful frolicking, popularly known as petting, and other suggestive behavior one is unlikely to see among these people. They speak scornfully of it when done in their presence, and if they see Hollanders behaving in that fashion, they tell them sarcastically, Shame on you if you are so inclined. Wait till night-time, or you are alone. Could anything be funnier? Yet at the right time they will decline no proposition and almost all of them are available and ready to carry on with abandon.